Now, I've got a very important question for you. So I hope you're sitting down. Did you know that PGA Tour Pro Max Homa is the brand ambassador for Elijah Craig Bourbon? If you listen to this podcast, you're a fan of Max Homa. Listen, if you're a human with a heartbeat, you're a fan of Max Homa. And you're also a fan of Elijah Craig Bourbon. One of our favorite golfers repping our favorite sipper talk about a great match. Like Homa, Elijah Craig Bourbon never settles for less than the best. Every bottle of their award-winning small batch carries a signature warm spice and subtle smoke flavor. Exceptionally smooth and well-balanced. You can drink it neat. You can drink it on the rocks. You can drink it as an old-fashioned. There are a thousand different ways to take down a nice Elijah Craig Bourbon, and all of them are an A+. All of them are a 65 on a tough golf course. Elijah Craig won double gold as San Francisco World Spirit competition last year and it's not only celebrated by experts enjoyed by all especially max homa whether you're at the clubhouse or watching the open at your own house enjoy the action with a glass of elijah craig the signature sip of our good friend max homa and you can learn more about the partnership and discover the greatness within at elijahcraig.com and get a grip is brought to you by elijah craig kentucky straight bourbon whiskey bardstown kentucky 47 percent alcohol by volume elijah craig reminds you to think wisely drink wisely Welcome to Get a Grip with Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, hey, welcome to Get a Grip. I'm Shane Bacon. Claire Rogers is here to recap an open championship. Claire, I I, uh, I don't want to be bummed out. I don't want to be a bummed out podcaster that, you know, it, it felt like everybody just left the open. We're like, oh, really? That happened again? Um, so... What do we start with to be positive? Like, what do we need to do here to to make this thing not a just a bummer conversation? So I think we should take it from the top because I'm looking at Thursday and I have all these notes here of like my favorite parts of the week. And I'm like, yes, this afternoon was a bummer. But like, let's start with Max and Tiger because I just feel like that's just and your feel good story of your clubs. I think those two things can start on a high note and then we can kind of go down from there. Perfect. Yeah. Wild open week. Uh, the whole golf club story was bananas. Um, if you didn't follow it along on Twitter, my golf clubs got lost um, as just about everybody that was coming to Scotland's golf clubs have gotten lost the last uh, little bit. There's rumors of just massive layoffs at Heathrow and airplanes flying up to Scotland with no golf clubs on them at all. And so didn't have a golf clubs, had to play North Berwick with Reynolds. Uh, they were not great, but they did the job. And then I played Crail with Reynolds. And I actually played excellent with the rentals, which makes me kind of a little bit dubious about my golf game. But uh, somebody sent a picture of my golf clubs on Twitter and like they were just random sets of clubs in the back. One of those were mine. And I was like, if anybody sees them before security, grab them, bring them to St. Andrews and I'll give you some money. And I'm on the golf course. People are texting me like, yo, look at your phone. Somebody's going to bring your golf clubs to you. And my pal Steph brought them up. So uh, my forever best friend. So that was a huge, you know what? That was a positive and that was a huge win. And you're lefty right yeah i mean you know you lefty rentals are brutal you can't just borrow your friend's clubs like it's tough it's more tough for you almost you uh you, when you're a lefty rentals are almost not even an option you know i mean because yeah. now i mean rental clubs have gotten to the point where you can get like pretty legitimate stuff especially in towns like st andrews you know you can go like octolones and get like legitimately high-end rentals now you're gonna pay for it but you could get you know marquee you know like boutique shaft stuff and everything like that but as a lefty not the case darn well you got the clubs do you end up playing a few rounds with them? Positive. I played one round. I actually was the worst. I think I played the whole week <laughs> with my own golf clubs. Of course. I'm trying to play tomorrow morning. My flight's at four um, out of uh, out of Edinburgh. So I'm trying to play in the morning. So we'll see if that works. But yeah. that is a positive thing. I'm with you, Claire. That was a very positive thing. 
we're just lifting morale a little bit here before we really dive into it. Another oh positive thing I would like to recap is Max and Tiger. Like that was just so fun. And you're friends with Max also. I'm not. I just feel like I'm friends with him because, you know, you follow him on Twitter and it's like, oh yeah, like we're friends. It's fun. But I described it on Twitter as like when you are sending your friend off on a date with someone who they've liked forever and you're just like, you're like, oh my God, like this is going well. They're talking, they're laughing, everything. I'm like looking at Getty, searching both of their names to try and find photos of them. <laughs> and that was awesome because part of me was like, wow, like, all you have to do is love Tiger that much and you'll meet him. And then I was like, no, he's also really good at golf. So like, I am missing one thing there, but that was just an awesome thing to watch like a historical place, a, another dream coming true for Max. So. Yeah. I mean, he'd never play with him at all. Like never right. practice round, never any tournament or anything like that. So he got close. I think it was the masters. He came really close. He played, he might've played poorly. The third round did max and he just missed out on a pairing from Tiger by one person, I believe. Oh. So that would have obviously been very, very cool to do at the Masters. Yeah. But I, I saw Max on Saturday. Uh, obviously, you know, he, he missed the cut on the number, which was a bummer. I know he was bummed out about it. But, you know, it's not always about that. I mean, we focus a lot on how'd you finish, how'd you play. And he was just glowing about the experience, just getting to do that with Tiger. You know, yeah. I mean, he's obviously looked up to Tiger his whole life. He actually told me, he said, and I and I, and I I urge people to go listen to the Friday night podcast that No Lane Up guys did because Max jumped on there and he was excellent and it's totally worth your time. They're talking about the golf tournament on Friday, but also some great Max stuff. So I would push you that way if you haven't listened to it yet. But he said it was really cool playing with with Matt, with Matt Fitzpatrick. He goes, you know, we're not the exact same age, but we're very similar as, in terms of golfing. Like they turned pro the same year. And he told me that getting to kind of experience that, he goes, if it had been with like a 20-year-old or a 40-year-old player that didn't live the same thing that people like Max and Matt and even me, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm 38 I'm older than Max by, I think, seven years. But, you know, Tiger was that guy when we were growing up, and he was the cool guy. And so he said it was great. He said, especially on 18, you know, to kind of stand back with Matt. He said they were basically just, he felt like two kind of, like, fan guys watching this whole thing unfold. He said it felt like a movie. And uh, I'm going to try to get Max to jump on the podcast at some point over the next couple of weeks and do it. But that was feel good. Claire, I was hosting live from, mm -hmm. and we got, the, we got the tea times before they went out because we were just looking at them, and I – you know, nobody knew. Yeah. And I'm looking at it and I'm like sending, I send Max a text. I'm like, yo, have you seen yet? You know? And then a lot of words back that probably shouldn't make air. Uh, a lot of, a lot of very excited texts back. So uh, that was a cool experience. Again, like, do you want to play well at the open? Yes. Do you want to play well at the open at Sanders? Absolutely. Is missing the cut by one a bummer? Yes. But he'll remember this as much as he'll remember, you know, if he finished 20th or 15th or 13th, right? I mean, that's outside what I'm of winning. thinking like, what's the exchange? Like maybe a top 10, but if you yeah. come in like, yeah. So I think it's totally worth it. If it was play with Tiger and miss the cut or play with somebody else, and be, you know, and finish 40th. You're yeah, like, sure. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> and, to see, and to see the whole thing at 18. All right. So, okay. You know what? That lifted my, so you lift your spirits a bit. Well, I mean, yeah, I, a little bit. How about you? Not much. Yeah. Yeah. No. All right. So let's, 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 uh, I mean, no, I mean, we, let's just start. We'll just start with Rory. I mean, we got to listen, Cam Smith, Claire shot 64 and won an open. He shot 30 on the back. I joked. So <clears throat> I was calling Spieth on Sunday. It was, a uh, Speeth Cantlay, and during the break at one point he birdied ten and he stuffs it on eleven. Speeth does he, mm -hmm. he missed he missed like three putts eight not a good three putt and then he hit maybe the worst putt I've ever seen Jordan Speeth hit on nine. It was like five feet and he kind of left it short. It was so weird. He'd missed a short putt on one anyway. 
he birdied 10, he hits it close on 11, and we go to break, and I'm working with David Howell. And I'm like, you know, like if he birdies all the holes on the back, that'd be he might win. Like kind of joking. Yeah, yeah. And then and then Cam Smith birdies the first five, and I'm like, he might actually birdie all the holes on the back. I also like like Rory didn't really lose this as much as Cam Smith won it. Like I'm glad it wasn't like this blow up day for Rory where everyone's kind of like anxious watching. Is he going to make a mistake? It was just the putts were not dropping, and like they were obviously for Cam Smith like a ridiculous amount. So. That makes me feel a little better too. Not much. It's just, it's a hard day in golf. Cause now we got to wait till the masters for the next men's major. And it's, I don't know. Same thing. All yeah, of- it's, it's 264 days. Now I'm going to push back <laughs> a little bit on your point because like, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Roy didn't make a bogey, but he didn't have a one putt on Sunday. It was all two putts. You know, both his birdies were two putts. He, it's his second worst score he's ever shot at the old course in an open, you know, outside of the 80 when it was blowing like 50 miles an hour Friday afternoon after he shot 63 in 2010. Like, it was there. And the thing is, Claire, is the guy that he was tied with didn't show up. Yeah. So the person we thought if he, you know, last night, you know, I'm out with some of the guys and we're out relatively late. It's like, all right, well, like if Victor Hovland shoots 65, whatever, you know, like then he wins. But Victor Hovland played bad. Yeah. He shot a couple yeah, over yeah. par. Like the guy he was tied with, with the huge lead, isn't the guy that won it. It's another yeah. guy that was what four back. What yeah. be four back of him? And that's the point. Like that's to me where I actually think it it falls as much on Rory as it does on the great play of Cam. Is yeah. I mean another guy beat Rory too, Claire. Like two guys beat Rory, not just one. You know, I mean yeah. I know Cameron two Young cams. played awesome. Right, <laughs> it was tough time to be a Cam if you're a Rory fan. Well, Young made the eagle on what eighteen? Eighteen. So 18. yeah, that was just like a feel good moment for him, but. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you still finish second. Second's not, you know, it's not third. And no. like, yeah, Rory, yeah. you know, it's like we'll look back on this in forty years or a hundred years, and you'll go, "Oh, Rory didn't finish second. I mean, now we know what happened as we watched yeah. every single shot of it. So, Claire, I was, I was in the booth. Spieth and Cantley finish up, and I was going to come walk with Rory in, and we'd had a little monitor going so we could keep up with what was going on on the golf course. Like I love being able to see what everybody else is doing while I'm doing a featured group, because I just like to sell it to if somebody's watching or listening, you can tell them who made birdie or, you know, somebody missed a short putt or whatever. And so, you know, we're keeping up with it, but I'm not dialed. Like I'm not as dialed as, as you would have been watching. And so I didn't realize that, that Roy was not making anything. You know, I didn't realize I'd seen him miss putts, but I hadn't seen him miss every putt. And I walk out the moment I really felt like Rory wasn't going to win. I walk out of the booth. There was this young guy in a cart. I jumped in the car with him to just kind of take me as far as I could go from the TV compound. And I got to 15 and I walk over kind of by one of the TV towers and I'm watching Rory putt for birdie on 15. And I, and I don't know, I think he might've left it short. He kind of did the hand signal, hand gesture or whatever. And I see Kyle Porter on the other side of the fairway. And so I'm going to let them finish and go to T at 16. I walk over. Porter just has this look on his face like <laughs> it's it's you know it's kind of had a look on his face like it's over yeah and to, to, to kind of juxtapose that with our looks last night Claire we went around the table last night and everybody but one said Rory's gonna win and I think the only one that was a non-Rory pick was Victor you know it was like everybody picked Rory and one person picked Victor and we were smiling and the town this morning was buzzing and everybody's yeah. bouncing around it was a little rainy this morning but like everybody just seemed like in such a positive mood and then when I saw Porter's face I was like this might not be good. And that was kind of the moment where, I, you know, you're like, oh, God, he's only, he's got 15, 16, and 17. He was like three of the hardest holes to birdie on the whole yeah. golf course. 
and you know cams kind of threw one of them already it just i don't know it, it just kind of from that walk forward it was like a scrum of people that knew it wasn't going to happen and it was such a bummer because we all hoped it was going to yeah and it was right there for you guys like i was saying like for like men over 30 this was like the biggest day for them in golf like Rory <laughs> it's gonna, you know and it's like our guy yeah i'm happy to watch Rory but i'm happy for you guys to watch Rory more so and then <laughs> this happens. I'm like, Oh, they're all going to be so sad. <laughs> oh, I mean, and, and, you know, like just never get anything going. I mean, never got anything going in his round, you know, I mean, he, he yeah. hit it really close. I think he hit it close on two or three and he missed that one. I think it was three. Cause I'd kind of nudged, you know, Hal, and I was like, here, you know, Rory's putting for birdie here. I think it was a take the couple shot lead after Victor made bogey on two. And then, you know, Cam starts making those birdies and we all know what happens when Cam's dialed. I mean, the putter's ridiculous, but so, so you'd mentioned the masters and I want to kind of go back to a point you made because you'd said Claire that, you know, now we've kind of got a, now our, our minds in terms of men's majors goes to Augusta. And I, as I said, it's 260 days or whatever away. And I was thinking about Rory heartbreak and majors because the weird thing about the Rory major deal is he hasn't really had a lot of heartbreak since his last win. You know, I mean, he finishes in the top 10 a lot, and we joke about backdoor top 10s and things like that, but like real opportunities to win golf tournaments have not really happened in terms of major golf for Rory. Right. And I think, I believe, and I don't know if you know this or not, but I believe this was the first time he was tied for the lead going into the final round of the major since 2014. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so that's, I mean, you know, obviously not, he's been close, you know, I mean, U.S. Open last year, he got within one, I believe, and he immediately bogeyed 11 and doubled 12. You think about the 2018 Masters, he, you know, Reed makes a mess on one, he stuffs it in there on two, it looks like he's going to make Eagle and tie the lead, he misses that putt, and it's not really his. But I was thinking about the Open in particular, because as of now, obviously with the calendar change, this is the last major. Yeah. And so I was kind of looking back on his run. So 2018, he finished in a tie for second at the Open, but it was like this late eagle at Carnoustie. He wasn't really in it. He was a couple back the whole time. Like, he was close, but not really there, right, like this. He's right. there at this one. So not. I wouldn't say that was heartbreak. He was close. He had a chance, but not really a chance. 2017, he finished in a tie for fourth, shot 67 on Sunday, finished seven back of Spieth, not really in it. 2016, nice finish, tie for fifth, but that was the Stinson-Phil show. I mean, he finished 16 yeah. back. Well, my point is... Rory has to live with this. It's been a long time since I've won a major thing. This is the first time he's had to put his head on a pillow after an open loss and realize that now I have, what, eight months to go? I mean, I just feel like this has the potential to linger for a long time, considering at some of those other moments, he's had another major a month or two months from then. Right. Because his game has been in major form. Now it's like, all right, he's going to take time off a little, hopefully, right? And then it's just, when you get the momentum going, you're in it, right? So now, yeah, it's going to linger and we're going to, I have no idea what, it's not like we're like, oh, can't wait to see him at the Masters. I mean, we can't, but it's going to be like, we've got a long time before that happens. What did you say the countdown was? 200 something? Like, yeah, two, 264 days. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's a world away, you know? I mean, that, yeah. that's what happens when the Open ends is, when this thing ends with no PGA at the end of the year, like we used to have, it's an enormous gap. And, yeah. you know, for, for him, and I, he even mentioned it, you know, he said, I think he said in one of his pressers, I think it was on Sky, I had it on in the hotel room, and he was talking about, you know, I played great in majors, I'm getting really close, I'm knocking on the door, and, you know, the Masters. And But all I could think about was, we're so far from the Masters that now, you know, this was, 
this was eliminating major questions for Rory, right? We were never going to ask him about when are you going to win another major or what's going on in the majors. That was all going to be gone. And now it's going to be the longest time that he'll ever have to answer any major question after this loss. Comparatively, when you think about the 18 Masters, you know, oh, you got the U.S. Open coming up or the U.S. Open last year. And it's like, oh, you got the Open coming up. Like you've got a chance in a month to, in theory, bounce back. You know, he didn't, but he had something to at least look forward to. And now it's, you know, it's tour championship and it's, you know, some of those events, but we're obviously going to be, you know, we're going to be measuring this guy on major wins. And this to me is going to be probably the hardest one he'll have to swallow in, in his career. Yeah. And I think for fans too, that's probably why it hurts a little bit more too. Cause it's, we don't have something to look forward to in the next six weeks where we're like, we'll get another chance. It's just right. like, all right, there it is. <laughs> it's just, he's, he played so good for three days and, for the putter to go that cold, like basically the entire round is, you know, and and you could see it. He was frustrated. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, he's, he's watching some guy play this historic final round that I'm sure in two days or four days or two weeks or a few months, we'll be able to revisit what we saw from cam. Right. But as of now, this just feels like you could feel it Claire, on 18. Like I was over kind of by first, the first fairway, kind of kneeling down and like you could feel it around the collective on 18. You could just feel this, man, this guy played great and he deserves to win and his name's going to be on the yellow board and we're going to talk about Cam Smith and he's probably going to be PGA Tour Player of the Year, by the way. But damn, this felt like Rory. You know, damn, this felt like Rory was going to do it. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm bummed. Mm. I'm bummed about it. Yeah. All right. Well, here's kind of a question We'll turn things a little bit, make it a little lighter. I want to okay. hear like your favorite dress this week and your least favorite dress. Cause we were texting a little bit. Yes. I had some very specific, I don't want to say complaints, but um, things that you picked up on re Scotty Scheffler. So talk to me about. Oh, your so, there. so, okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. If you, if you watch the golf this week, you know, Scotty Scheffler is a, is a very, well put together dressed guy it's simple he doesn't try to flash too much he goes with simple tones kind of like me grays blacks but he had the collar out over the crew neck the whole week and it was always like a random color of the yeah. pole like it was like a poppy color over the crew neck collar it always it just looked like it kind of flown out but then by the time he'd done it two or three days in a row i realized he'd intentionally done it and I hated it. I hated it. I wanted it to be tucked in. It reminded me. So my older brother went to Catholic high school and they had to wear like a shirt and tie with a sweater <laughs> yes. every day. This is what and it looks it like. It was always pulled out like that. And I was like, what's going on? But I do have to say, while that yes bugged me, I feel like I can't speak on it because we were at a Scotty Scheffler shoot for the cover of Golf Magazine. And they're always like, oh, Claire, like pick out what they're wearing on the cover. You're the girl, you know. I'm like, I don't know style. I've told you before. I'm not claiming to know style. I was like, okay, he likes black pants. And I pull out a Navy golf shirt and he's like, can wear Navy and black? And I'm like, you can't. So you got like, fired. You got fired from Scotty <laughs> right away. I know, but I had picked out Nellie's the month before and like that looked great. Crushed so, it. but he was like, no, you can't do that. And I kind of think that you can <laughs> do that, but I it's- guess you can't. It's it's coming back, I think. I think navy and black has come back. Um, I've seen a lot of black belts with navy pants on tour right oh, now, so there seems to be a little of that potentially. Yeah. But um, that's by the way, that's that puts you in a really uncomfortable spot. Is like, hey Claire, pick out Scotty Scheffler's outfit for the <laughs> well, cover have, of like, a magazine. 
they have like three options you know it's like very simple <laughs> and i'm like i think this looks great and like people, they're like yeah perfect and i showed him and he's like i don't i don't think so and i was like oh yeah no i don't think so either actually i was just kidding <laughs> i'm gonna leave again i'm gonna go back over here you guys you guys enjoy like a white it shirt or like a cream shirt or something. um and what were your thoughts on the jt joggers with the dress I'm shoes i'm glad you asked so i think that the like i love the grayson look two takes here well, not even takes, just whatever. I you cannot be wearing joggers with like a dressy golf shoe. Correct. It correct. needs to be. They got to be athletic. Yep. Yeah. So that was strike one. Strike two is that I think you three strikes actually. Strike two wow. is that you cannot. I think like if you're gonna go super athletic, you can do a hoodie with golf pants or joggers with like can't you do can both. pick one. Yeah, pick yeah. one statement piece. Yeah. So that was two, and then three. I think you need to know your venue. Like, I think at the Masters. Yes open you need to dress like you're going to church yes. like you need to your sunday best be a little bit classy and that's why i think rory looked really good this week because it's just like light color nothing offensive like very you're not you don't make fashion like uh fashion what's the word i'm looking for risks when you're going to church on sunday with your family and that's what the masters in the open is so i didn't like jt's sorry jt but i think he could have done one or the other but i don't think the camo hoodie with the joggers, with the like dress, what are those shoes? They're the foot joy. Yeah, like the nice foot joy, like almost like classics, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, you got to do like you wear like the Air Max sometimes, right? Yeah, That's yeah, you like, wear those with joggers, work. right? Yes. Athleisure. You if you're gonna wear athleisure, you go all the way through the outfit, you know. Yes. But like, you don't want to, you don't want to look dressy in the shoes if you're wearing joggers. Joggers are meant yeah. for tennis shoes. It looks like so, clown shoes to me because it's the it tight. Did, it definitely there. did. Um, I don't remember who on Twitter, I think it might have been DJ Pie or somebody, or maybe it was Andy Johnson said, it looks like JT's outfit shrinking throughout the round. Like, <laughs> it just kind of felt like it kept getting smaller, you know, like yeah. the joggers kept moving up. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on, I'm totally with you on the jogger thing. Uh, my last outfit uh, thing I want to throw out is I love Tommy Fleetwood shirt today. Yeah, I love Tommy Fleetwood shirts the whole week. He had kind of the, I'm only going to say where's Waldo because I don't really know how else to explain like the wide you know, horizontal stripes, Yeah. but he had a wide horizontal stripe kind of green, white look early in the week. That was awesome. And then his, whatever the shirt was today was awesome as well. So a uh, shout out yeah. to Fleetwood look great. Fleetwood always looks good. And Adidas. I will say, although we didn't really see much of DJ, they kind of have this new Hunter green line that I really like. Really uh, like green. Shaw yeah. Shawfly was wearing the pants today and um, DJ wore them yesterday. And he had a whole Hunter green look on today, which was kind of cool. So um, is that because they're he's camel because because he's uh he's just trying to stay out of the limelight is that the whole yeah, point yeah. Of, of the dj look which like kind of like sneaked up on the leaderboard um <laughs> i also since we're talking fashion and we already mentioned max homa uh they had a open 150 polo he wore i think the first round that was awesome yeah it was a right? good looking shirt it looked really big good. fan of that shirt and it was um, small so, so it wasn't like in your face correct like, it kind of took you a minute to be like oh that's cool like so I liked that a lot too. Yeah, yeah. So so th those were kind of the fashion things. And now for my choice of best in craft brought to you by Wheatley Vodka. You know, this is a part of the podcast where we try not to focus on the person that won. And I don't typically go with the person that finished second. I am going to do that this week. I'm going to go with Cameron Young. Out with Cameron Smith, kind of the cam zone is our shotgun start. Boys always call him on Sunday, being in the final round on Saturday. They didn't play great. They played awesome on Sunday, everybody's going to be talking about the 64 for Cameron Smith, but Cameron Young shot 65 to jump all the way up to second place, including an eagle on the last hole, which I feel like almost went a bit under the radar. We were focused on everything else that was going on. Cameron Young, 
was playing on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. This year, he has a tie for third at the PGA Championship and now a second alone at the Open Championship at St. Andrews. The kid is a stud. He's got a ton of game. He's just 25 years old. And look what he's done in the big, big time events. So he is our best in craft, presented by our friends at Wheatley Vodka. What a week for Cameron Young. And what a run on Sunday between those two pair together. 64-65. Very, very solid stuff. Um, what was your favorite part of the week? Like, is, is there a day that stood out? Because you kind of are going to go probably... You're probably going to go Friday or Sunday would be my guess. But, I mean, <laughs> I, as buzzy as Saturday was, what, what's your day of the week? What was your well, favorite day? Well, now I'm hearing, like, oh, the Tiger Rory cross on 1 and 18 was planned, which makes – it's like when you find out, like, the tooth fairy is not real. I'm like, what's going on? But, but I mean, I they've did, done that before. Like, that's an yeah, open yeah. thing is, like, trying to yeah. plan it where you're getting these kind of legendary generational players passing. You know, they've done that before. I, I don't hate the plan. I did love the hat tip, but I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I liked Tiger – I mean, that was just a classic moment. And I also Friday. feel like, so the, la the last time it was, when was the last time it was at St. Andrews? Six years ago now? It would have been seven years ago now, yep. So, like, I don't think I paid attention that close. Oh, yeah, Zach Johnson. Like, I kind of remember, like, I feel like I haven't really, like, witnessed besides Tiger winning the Masters, like, these huge historic moments in golf before. And I felt like, finally, I was like, wow, like, this is the kind of thing, like, when I'm in, like, 60 I can say to someone who's just entering the golf space like wow that was a crazy moment and so I felt like I was like like selfishly that was my favorite moment because I was witnessing it what about you yeah I mean you know Friday was great I, I do feel like yeah I feel like Saturday was wild like Saturday yeah. just felt like it was chaos and fun and crazy and that the crowds were crazy and buzzing and there was all this stuff happening all over the golf course and Rory seems so dialed and locked in and all of a sudden we get you know Hovland Rory tied for the lead going into Sunday Saturday was a lot of fun. Again, Sunday just felt like it moved really fast, Claire. Like, yes. I couldn't believe how quick the rounds were going. I When I walked out of the booth after Spieth and those guys finished, I'm like, they're on 15 already? It just felt like it was moving really quickly. And after it moved super slow for the whole week. Yes. Yeah, especially yeah. Thursday, Friday. Like, you saw so, many, so much waiting and six-hour rounds. I mean, it's going to happen at St. Andrews. It's just inevitable because of all the crossover and the double greens. But Sunday just... All, it felt like you, you snapped and it was three, and then you snapped yeah. and it was six. And you're like, man, these guys are already making the turn. Like, this is right. wild that this is coming this close to being over. And I feel like it made it made it move a little bit faster, too, because as good as Rory was hitting it, like he was hitting fairways and hitting greens. So it was like we were just kept just getting to greens. Like, let's get yeah. on the green. Can he make the putt? All right, let's go to the next hole. Can he get on the yeah, green? Can he make the putt? Like, like, oh, the next yeah. one. All right, yeah. let's go to the next hole. He'll make it on the next. All right, let's get it. Oh, my God, it's 14. Like, he didn't birdie 14. Oh, no, this could be bad. It, it just felt like Sunday moves so fast. So I would say being here, Saturday was probably the most fun day in the day that was like the most light day for everybody. I think you're right, though, on Friday being the day we're going to remember for a long time. I also think Saturday was the best moving day we had in a major this year by a Yes, mile. great point. Great point. Like the other ones, I felt like we kind of would hop on here and be like, no, nah, it wasn't a crazy what moving was, what day. What happened Saturday? Was great. Like <laughs> yesterday, there was so much going on. I was like, this is the golf that we signed up for and that we were hoping to get all season at the majors. Um, I uh, So a couple things I wanted to share um, just from St. Andrews. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I played... Uh, I played Crail for the first time in my life. I never played Crail when I lived out here. That place is epic. Totally worth your time. Make sure you check that out. Played Ely. Also awesome. I've played it before in some substantial wins. Not nearly as windy this time. 
Uh, loved Ely, loved Crail. Shout out to Rue McDonald, by the way. Helped a lot with some of the tea times and stuff. Rue is the man. Um, I went and met Max on Saturday uh, around town for a little bit when I got done with work. Uh, and JT Poston was there. And Claire, JT said something very interesting. I was asking him about you know, his experience at the old course and, and how to play and things like that. We were talking about chipping. You know, because you saw how firm it was and how it felt like the young players were still going with sand wedges. Like it didn't feel like there was that much bump and running. Like they would putt it or they would chip it, but there wasn't like a lot of that stuff you hear about in terms of Scottish golf where they're keeping it on the ground and it's running all through. Right. So JT said that he learned that it was three things with chipping at the old course. So you had to land it in the right spot. So you had to pick your spot and land it on the spot. You had to hit it with the right spin. So you had to land it on the right spot with the right spin, and you had to pick the right club. So he said when you're playing stateside, when you're playing like like parkland golf, he said that you're chipping most of those shots with the same club. Maybe it's a 60, you know, back heel, whatever, you're hitting it. But he said he had a moment on 17 on Thursday. He hit it just short of the green. It was The pin was kind of up the hump on 17. Relatively benign hole location for a Thursday. And he said he hit exactly the spot he was trying to hit with exactly the spin he was trying to hit it with. And he said he looked up and he watched his ball go over the back of the green and roll onto the road. And he goes, it was the wrong club. So he said that it had to be so precise that you had to get all three things exactly right to have success in terms of pitching in and around, you know, the golf course. And I just thought that was so fascinating that it's not just about where you land it and how well you kind of control your spin, but it's also making sure you're picking the 52 or the 48 or the 60 maybe, you know, at the right time. That's super interesting. Like that he figured that out. That's, that's a tough equation to kind of crack. I think that would, I would not have figured that out. JT stayed at my house for the Northeast Dam, like way back when. So I, but I haven't seen him or maybe once or twice, but how did he even finish this week? I feel like I didn't even. Uh, missed the cut, missed the cut. That, oh, that, that one, he, one of the reasons he was hanging out with me, that by the way, in case you're on Saturday, he, on Saturday at the old course. He's cracked the code. So when he goes back, he'll be totally good. Yes, exactly. He, he is, <laughs> he is, he is locked in. He shot a uh, two over that, that, that was his finishing right, score. So he missed that. the that's, cut, that's um, missed the cut by two. So, um, moment of the week for you, uh, is it going to be tiger 18? Yeah. What about yeah. you? Same, same. Well, I mean, Rory Eagle at 10 on Saturday is up there. I mean, just cause that was so crazy and so electric, but you know, not going on a win. It's tough to say that. So the walking up 18 and just that whole scene was was so cool and wild and you can't believe it's happening and all that. So I feel like that'll be the moment we'll probably remember from this one in a few years. For sure. What else you got? I mean, did you watch right. most of it? Did you get up early? What was your oh, what okay. was your watching? What was your what was your time? What was your TV times? Um, the first Thursday I was up at five. Okay, alarm. Um, like you yes. had alarm for golf. Okay, I only wake up on my own for the masters, like I'll be like unable to sleep. I do need an alarm for the open <laughs> okay, just because okay. of the time change. Um, yes. Then I did, I did five, seven, and then like seven thirty the last two days. So it hasn't been like, I could, I not dipping into the fours. Like if I'm there, I would have obviously, but I was like, you know what? It's okay. I'll get the Um, so I feel like I did see a good amount of obviously like the leaders, but I didn't see like a random obscure shot that someone might've hit super well, like at two in the morning, <laughs> Aaron Rye making par on 17 or something. You didn't yes, quite catch. Exactly. Exactly. Um, what, what else do you, what else did you write down? I want to hear what else you had um, in, your, okay. in your notes. Yesterday or today was Cam Young's sixth round with that new caddy. Yeah. Is, are they doing okay together? I would say so. Do think, yeah. Do you think he's going to stick around for for, for so more I guess golf he had tournaments? His on his bag. Yeah, yeah. He, right? he had kind of he had, he had he had like a he had like a buddy, but you know it was a little bit like you know almost like a Rory situation or something where it was like somebody that knew what they were doing, but it was like 
a friend and he went the yeah. professional caddy route. Yeah. He said some so, stuff was missing. You know, he said he he said in his press, I think his his either after his first round or before the tournament, I read his his presser and he'd said, you know, it was just like I feel like a couple things have been missing and we're just trying to get over that hump and just about did it. I mean, that's pretty the, the guy finished third and second in the PGA and the open and he was on yeah. Corn Ferry last year. So uh yes. Very, very good. Um, very good at golf. Yes. Another two other things I wrote down. One, I I had to laugh that AJ like didn't get the carry for DJ and some, like, <laughs> on eighteen. Uh, well, he topped it. He topped it. He, yeah, he's like, yeah. he's like, I didn't get you the carry number, and he's like, well, yeah, because you topped the three wood. It was amazing. <laughs> but it's just like every so often you'll hear these like funny little stories about AJ, and I'm just like, I would love to be a fly on the wall for like whatever. <laughs> like there are times where like he's like facing Dustin standing in his line of, well, he's reading a putt. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I just, <laughs> I, I don't understand it. Um, and then also that everything has a name at the old course, yes. the ginger beer bunkers, the Valley of death, the, like, I think that's awesome. It's, it's cool. I mean, they're, they're like, they were, people are talking about, you know, if Rory went on to win, is it the Rory bunker at 10? Yeah. Um, I guess if you've been around for like 500 years or 600 years or whatever, I guess you're inevitably going to get named certain things, right? But yes, every bunker and there's like a pride of knowing the names of the bunkers. You know, you can tell like certain caddies and stuff Flex like they really, really know all of them. Um, and uh, oh, I, another observation from me, since we're talking about observations is you mentioned the valley. I had forgot how steep it was. And, you know, okay. I, I've been a while since I've been here. But when you walk out there, it's very Augusta-like where when you see it in person, you're like, oh, crap, that is straight vertical. That is almost impossible to get up. So um, it's one of those things that's fun to see in person. And, uh, and yeah, you know, the crowds were, like, rowdy and excited and into it and had a lot of fun. Um, but the town at night is like where it's at, you know, because it's like people are just letting loose and hanging out and just, it is such a, like at 11 o'clock, you know, the golf ends at like eight and nine here. So yeah. it's like 11 o'clock when you go out, you know, it's uh you feel like you're in Spain or in college. Well, I heard like Brooks Kepka was around. So I saw on his wife's Instagram, like they had their, they're leaving for their honeymoon, like tonight or tomorrow. But so they had these extra days. And like he was out last night, my coworker Dylan said he was like taking photos with people, <laughs> buying drinks. But like that's cool. I feel like that's not really something you run into, you know, at in Hartford, Connecticut. No. Like you're not. Well, just, it's it, yeah. it's impossible to miss it. Like that's the thing about here is it's like legit. I mean, I ran into Jordan and Rory in the hotel. I mean, you know, like just passing. Like Rory, Jordan was in the gym one day doing a Peloton ride, and. <laughs> I uh like I was walking to coffee on Sunday and I saw John McGinnis. You know, he was walking by with coffee. I saw the shotgun start boys. They were going to do something with the RNA. Um, I saw Mark Rolfing just walking by. Like you see people that are golfers in the golf industry. They might work for Titleist, you know, they might work for the RNA, they might work for Augusta National. Like you see these people because the town is so small. It's only eighteen thousand people that live in St. Yeah. Andrews, and all of a sudden there's two hundred thousand people in the town, you know. So that was wild. I wanted to give a shout out. Brendan Porath wrote an awesome thing on the Friday about Sahith Thagala staying in the dorms. Um, so oh, I yeah. want to point people that way because obviously a late entry into the open and then had a great open. But that is definitely worth your time, even you know post open. It's uh, it's a great read and kind of cool, and it'll make you if you don't already love Sahith, it'll make you love him even more because this is a dude that is so chill and he's like, yeah, I'll just sleep in the dorm. It's fine. <laughs> that's so low maintenance, and that's the opposite of how I am. But I, that reminds me of how like. Gino Joel's caddy did it yes. for the U.S. Open, but a caddy is very different than a player. Like 
those are like the mattresses are like plastic and like small i mean he's like six three like read the story because it is so wild like he's huge he's sleeping on this like i mean the 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 media people were like oh these matches stink you know and then you're like so hit the gala who's like tied for fourth going to the weekend or whatever is sleeping on him so i think we can all handle it but yeah i need a chiropractor in the morning afterwards (laughs) i am uh i'm pumped about going home I'm very excited to see the fam. I'm very excited to see the kids. I was I was so hopeful for the Rory train to win, and I really thought it was going to happen. And I think this will be – I'm going to go out after this and go get some dinner, and I'm sure this will be the feeling of the entire town is – you know, again, this isn't a hating thing on Cam Smith. You know, I, I, jo- I joked – I said this on Twitter on Sunday morning – I said, I hope somebody from Victor Hovland's camp reached out to Stuart Sink's camp and had them have a conversation because Stuart Sink played a playoff against a guy and everybody was rooting for the other guy, you know, and that's a hard thing to, that's a hard thing to try to figure out and conquer mentally yeah. is like, these people aren't rooting against me, but they're really rooting for this other guy. I would crumble. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's so easy to crumble. And I mean, and Victor, you know, didn't play well today, but. It's not that we're disappointed that Cam Smith won. It's just that the golf world has been waiting for this Rory victory for a long time. And the longer we go, the harder it seemed like it's going to be. And I keep going back to, you know, the 66 U.S. Open. It's like Arnold Palmer had a chance to win. He had whatever, seven-shot lead on the back nine. And he struggled and kind of collapsed there. And he never won another major. And I go back to those moments because Arnie was a young guy at the time, you know, and he was very obviously very talented and had won a lot of major championships. And you have these close calls these heartbreaks even these collapses at times and it's so hard to bounce back because you get back in that situation and you go oh god i hope it's not like it was last time right and these guys are so much more mentally tough than the average person but you know i mean this will linger and my point is it's gonna linger until we get to augusta and he's gonna have to answer both sides of the questions now he's gonna have to answer when are you gonna win the career grand slam and what the hell happened at the open right i mean it's like it's going to be this press conference is going to be nonstop questions about like what's wrong with your golf game. This is like the third best player in the world. You know, it's just like who he is at this point is Rory's the guy where we're talking majors and majors only. Yes. Um, something just came to mind when you talked about Victor too. I would like to give a shout out to his outfits this week because they kind of like a nod to the history of Scotland. Good Argyle. Uh, yeah. Great Argyle. He looks great. Love Victor. He's, he's just, you and I were texting about this. Like, Victor's like the best looking golfer in a long time. Like he is like a handsome, I would even go as far as to say like, he's like modelly looking, good looking. Is that fair? We call that stunning. Stunning. Is he stunning looking? <laughs> like he's not like, ath- as they say, athlete hot. He's like a, he's like a very good looking person. If you saw him on the street, like his skin is immaculate, which I never understand him and Jordan. I'm like, you spend all this time in the sun. Like yeah, six days a week in the have- sun. And he looks perfect. And speed skin's a great point, too. Like, great skin. Great skin. What's the, we need to, these people need to sell, like, Victor Hovland facial sunscreen. And every golfer in the world would buy it. Because the guy's skin looks great. But I love it. Put together, outfits look great. Just looks like he's having a good time. His disposition makes him even more, you know, likable. Because he always just seems like he's in a good mood. I mean, you should be in a good mood if you're a pro golfer. Even today. Like, he didn't play well today. And he was, you know, just being Victor. It was was amazing. But he's one of those players you can watch and not be nervous even if they're not having a great day. I don't like when they're slamming clubs and yelling. And I like just a calm round. And that's what he gives me every time I watch. So I love Victor for that. Very calm. He's like, he's like a hot tea. He's like a hot tea at night. Always. Like, you know, it's going to be calming and you know, you're going to enjoy it. And you know, you're going to get what you're looking for. Right. Yes. 
Exactly. Exactly. You know, I've been in Scotland too long when I'm doing tea comps, by the way, instead of coffee. <laughs> well, I was but, uh... wondering if you were going to answer and have an accent going, but I'm glad. Oh, I, I'm glad you did. I, listen, I, I lived in London for six months, studied abroad, and there were times where you kind of think in an accent and you're like, you can't Ooh. be that person. You can't be that person that somehow returns to the States and you have like a hint of an accent. They're like, <laughs> people just think you're the obnoxious person. I think there was an episode of Friends Your like that. Like, you were gone for eight days. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I go back and I'm talking to Henry in an accent. He's like, dad, are you okay? Is everything okay? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my takeaway from an open. I mean, it's, you know, coming to the open is a, is a working person. It is, in my opinion, the best major to work because everybody's over here. They're always small towns It's small cities. They're buzzing. The people get excited and the golf is incredible and you can play golf so late. I mean, you get, I, I feel like this week I kind of fell back in love with it, to be honest with you. Like, I feel like I kind of had that, you know, it's your job and you're on the road and you're kind of doing this and you're trying to get home. And there were those days where I'm walking late at night with Porter and Sean Martin and those guys. And like, it's 11 o'clock and you're still out on the yeah. golf course and you're like, this is why we do this. You know, like, this is why we got into this business is for weeks like this, you know, it's cause it's, yeah, that was, yeah. Last night, so my sister, who's in the other room, 23, doesn't every day this week. Is it the last day of the tournament? I'm like, it's Tuesday now. <laughs> Still but Sunday. I was like, that photo, you, I think you tweeted out of you and all the guys. And I was like, this is so special. Like, to be, like, working in golf and these people who, like, you know, in any other industry, you would call, I guess, your competitors. And I guess kind of in a way. But that you can just get your work done. And then you go hang out. And you're playing golf in the morning. And you're getting dinner. And, like just having these awesome conversations that like, I'm like, that's what makes golf so special. Like I, and being in the industry is like, it's such a treat really. And sometimes you forget that. Cause you know, you're there super late, but when there's time to go out and do stuff, especially like it's the best. It, it's an, it really, it really does. Like it, it's, it seems corny to say, but it feels like an honor, you know, like to do this yeah. and like work this week at the home of golf to see how excited everybody was just to have a ticket. Um, You know, you, you're just, it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder when, you know, you've been on the road for two straight weeks and, you know, you're kind of ready for the, for it to be over so you can go home and, you know, you have the, and again, I'm, I'm ready to go home, but at the yeah. same time, like this will be a week out. This has been one of the best work weeks I've had in a long time. And, um, it's because of the people and it's because of the city and it's because of the buzz and it's because of the open, you know, I mean, St. Andrews is my yeah. favorite town in the world. It's my favorite golf course in the world. Getting a chance to work. It was very, very special. And, uh, I will never forget the sitting up at the live from set, you know, and you're like, you look back, you're like, this is 17 and 18. Like, yeah, you're like, oh my God. Here, and now I'm doing this. This is so wild. I can't believe they That's let me in insane. here. But, uh, uh, wild week, Claire, I always appreciate the time. Where can people find you? Where can they read you? What are you working on? What do you got coming up? Um, K Claire Rogers everywhere. RG One of the best Europe. Twitter followers in the world, by the way, literally, oh I'm not saying that cause you're on the podcast. <laughs> I get multiple people, multiple people that send me notes and go, Thank God you introduced me to Claire on Twitter because she's funnier than hell. Uh, K. Claire Rogers with no D, R-O-G-E-R-S. But check her out on Twitter. Definitely worth your time and Instagram as well. Uh, What are you working on? What will we have coming this week? Well, I've done a little bit of travel lately. I was in Tahoe. So we have like some video stuff from that that we're still going to publish. I got to meet a bunch of celebrities, which was really fun. A favorite celebrity? Um, not gonna lie, a little disappointed by Miles Teller just because he didn't really want to talk to me. That That's was, okay. When people say no, I'm like, what? Which is like, <laughs> which is a good thing because that means most people usually say yes. Um, Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not a football girl, so for me to say that, I he has to be really good. And Travis Kelsey, we're super nice. Um, so writing up a bunch of stuff on that still because this week's been crazy. And then yeah, Rogers report every week, kind of like 
putting together what I saw on social. Your club fiasco will definitely make nice. an appearance. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. You're gonna, you can ask any questions you need for the post. Uh, will you do a ranking of the best fan picks? Like go through Getty and do the best like British Open out like fan outfits. Maybe like I could. top three in the in the in the Rogers. Why report. don't I? I'll give a little shout out to you tomorrow in it, and I'll put those in there. I will say my favorite of the day was the little kid crossing his fingers. Yes, that was so. And like the outfit was normal, but I'm like, oh my god, that is so like classic little kid, right? Like, oh, well, these, also the, classic with the rest of us, but but it's like you walk around here, and there are unlike any outfit. other place, there are just yeah. like. And maybe unintentional at times, like just some like color, like these are a red shirt with the orange pants <laughs> and like a yellow hat. And you're like, I don't think he's being ironic. Like, I think he he's was like, woke up this morning and like, <laughs> this is super dirty to wear. So, um, yeah. well, awesome. Everybody make sure you follow Claire. She's the best. Claire, always appreciate the time. Uh, we'll check Thanks, back. Claire. Like, I- I'm thinking maybe we do like uh before the playoffs, we kind of do maybe a full season recap. We could ha- jump on, or Ooh. and then maybe we also do some silly stuff. I think we could do like a for complete sure. silly podcast in the off season. But uh, thank you so much for all your help. I hope everybody uh, sends Claire love for jumping on after all the majors. We've had a lot of fun doing that, and we'll continue to do them. And uh, yeah, we'll check back next week. I think I have David McClay Kid coming on the podcast next week, um, so that'll be fun. And also, I was on part of my take on Friday, so check out that if you didn't uh, get a chance to see that. Um, fun to be with those get guys. Get a grip as well. with Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.